Hi everybody, oh. I'm Wendy Murdoch and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic to visit with my friends, learn something, and just kind of have a nice respite from the day-to-day -day life that's going on. I'm so fortunate that I'm able to be at home during this time and so um, Zoom has provided me with an excellent avenue to talk to a lot of people that I know and miss. Um, today my guest is Carrie Anderson from Costa Rica and of course last year uh, in, I was at her place in February Right? It was February. We had three retreats um, and we've done retreats down there for the past couple of years. Of course, in 2021, we will not be doing a retreat um, due to COVID, but this way I get to visit with Carrie through Zoom. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so ecstatic to be here. Missing you so much. We really, really, really um, always enjoy our time here. We spend lots of time together when you're here. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> it's like intensive and it's problem solving. We have a great time. We have a really great time. So Carrie, um, and I'm just checking. I think somebody else is, nope, we're good. Okay, so Carrie, um, tell it, you're obviously an expat. So why don't you tell us how you wound up in Costa Rica? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, it was a year trip. So basically, you know, I, I needed to get out. I wanted to experience living in another country and I wanted to work on my Spanish. And um, I planned to just move for a year. And um, I ended up coming to Nosara, which is on the Pacific side in Costa Rica, a little town here. Um, found a job teaching um, three young boys. And um, at the time there was no school here, so I was their private tutor and met my husband, current husband, <laughs> only husband. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, um, fantastic husband and um, my first horse, uh, not in that order. I think it was the horse first. I think it was the and horse it, first. I think you told me that. It yeah. Was the horse first. <laughs> and once, once, uh, yeah, priorities for sure. Um, you know, fell in love with Costa Rica, fell in love with the man, and fell in love with the horses here as well. Um, they're fantastic animals, the criollos that live here. Um, uh, they're just hardy, they're bomb proof, they're, they're, I call it, well, that's how we named our business, Playa Ponies. Um, they're horses, but they, you know, I was so used to the big warm bloods and thoroughbreds from the States that these guys were just little ponies to me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but long, uh, long story short, I s didn't ever go home, <laughs> got married, had two, I have two little girls and, um, 30 horses later plus, uh, although several of those are boarded horses, um, I think we are at around, 17 horses of our own right now. So. Oh, wow. That's and many dogs, wow. lots of cats, yep. <laughs> chickens. And, <laughs> and so you're part of Equisol. And just kind of to briefly tell people, because Equisol is our partner um, in Costa Rica when we do the retreats for the Effortless Rider course. Yes. So um, Heidi Blackman is my business partner with Equisol. And um, basically, Equisol started um, with sort of my dream of um, wanting people to really experience Costa Rica um, 
for a longer period of time. We do do horseback riding tours here. Um, and we just had so many wonderful people. And um, I love our horses so much that I wanted people to be able to explore Costa Rica and um, some of the other, you know, combine the um, expertise of Heidi, which is in the yoga uh, uh, fields and uh, we found so many overlapping so uh, I used to take um, classes from Heidi uh, yoga classes and she takes writing lessons from me <laughs> and it was very interesting how the language was so similar or we found just a, a different way to communicate um, that we thought was very interesting and we thought what a wonderful experience to let people come down for a week experience this yoga, experience this beautiful country, um, the beach, the jungle, the horses, um, and have a fabulous time meeting new people. And that's how we got you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how we met. So um, I did my Effortless Rider online course with Callie King with CRK Training. And then Callie and I, I had heard about Equisol uh, through someone who used to work for me. And um, I told Callie about it and we were like, well, that'd be kind of cool to have like a retreat as part of our effortless rider course. So um, Callie got in touch with Heidi and our first one was, I don't know, two years ago. It feels like a lot longer, but I don't think it, I think it was only two, 2000. Was it only uh, <laughs> 18. Yeah, I think it was 18 because it was when I had my surgery. Um, and so we went down and we've done several retreats now and we've done um, back to back retreats. So we got to know Heidi and Carrie really, really well. And I've got, of course, Heidi's yoga teaching and my riding instruction really fit together really well. Um, we both did uh, online courses with Callie, which was CRK training. And now she's turned it into something called horse class. So if you're curious about the online courses that we've done, um, just check out horse class. And I think now you can sign up for those courses anytime instead of a kind of having limited openings. So go check out horse class and, and, you'll, and you'll see Heidi and you'll see me there. And so that was really fun. We had a lot of things in common. And of course, when I went down, I introduced Carrie to Surefoot and brought my bag of pads with me and we started working with her horses. And um, then of course, Carrie, uh, kept the pads and has been working ever since with Surefoot. So, so it's been, yeah, I think it's been like two, two years. It feels like so much longer that we've known each other, but I think it's been like two years and I still use some of the footage that I filmed down at your place um, as examples. Um, Oreo yawning on the pads. That's one of my favorite photos. Um, and then um, Heidi's, Heidi's Criollo. I keep forgetting his name. Um, who's Heidi's uh, gray horse? Uh oh, have you lost me? Just for a sec, I'm back. <laughs> okay, great. What's Heidi's gray horse's name? Oh, Frisco. Frisco. So he's 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 in every just about every presentation that I do because he sways on the pads like crazy. He just absolutely loves them, and you would think that he's the calmest horse on the planet, but he's really a very hot horse. When you see him on the surefoot pads, he's totally chill. He's like one of my my uh, models for sure, but <laughs> um, but you've been working with all of your horses now using the pads, right? Yes, we have. Um, you know, it was really interesting to me the first time I saw a horse um, in your first retreat here get on the surefoot pads. Um, and it made me kind of think of how I feel 
after a yoga session with Heidi. <laughs> I mean, they just completely melt. Um, and then after I wrote, when I was on a horse that had been on surefoot pads and I got to feel their body and that sway that happens. And then, then the awareness afterwards, it was, I mean, I, I still struggle, Wendy, with telling people <laughs> what surefoot is. I don't know. Do you have? <laughs> well, no, I, I, you know, it's like, I keep trying to find a good way to describe it. Um, and it's not, it's not simple because you see so many different effects. And I think that's one of the things that um, if you want to talk about parasympathetic, you know, rest and digest versus anxiety, we see that with Surefoot. If you want to talk about rehabilitation, like proprioceptive, where you are in space rehab, we see that with Surefoot. If you want to talk about improved movement, we see that. If you want to talk about calming, like for the farrier. So there's so many aspects of Surefoot that it does get, it's difficult. It is difficult to describe. It's, it's because you're trying to describe an experience and there aren't good words to describe experiences. And so, you know, we try hard. We try yes. to come up with the words. Yes, one of my boarders actually yesterday he said, "Well, it's just horse magic. <laughs> it's just magic." Um, but we have actually been using Surefoot in, as a training technique um, and as treatments. Um, and um, one of the ways we've been using it is in the scary corner. So my scary corner is a little different than the scary corner than I think most people imagine uh, in the States in their arenas. Uh, we actually have a lot of uh, the bamboo scary corner. <laughs> and our arena is actually on um, a road, like road frontage, but we have a big hibiscus bushes that if you can imagine, you know, reach probably 10 feet tall. And so um, the horses, a lot of times there'll be bicycles or cars that pull in or, you know, rattling or the noises that happen in the bamboo. And the horses don't see things as well on the road. And so, of course, they spook as they go past there. And the scary corner changes because there's, it's kind of near the parking. So um, we have one horse that's uh, off the track thoroughbred. Um, he's new. You don't know him, Wendy. His name's Ryo, and he's actually a client's horse. And he was, I would say, we couldn't get him near the scary corner um, probably at least 10 meters. And so I would set up the surefoot pads and just start to move him meter by meter closer and have him on the surefoot pads um, at the end of every session, every lesson. And now it's, it doesn't exist to him at all. So how, like from the first time you started with surefoot with that horse to, the, to now, how long has that taken you? Uh, he got better within two sessions. Oh, awesome. So it was yes. rather quick. It was very quick. Uh, now we have another, he, he's been... Um, uh, startled in the cross ties, and so we're get, we're starting him there now with the surefoot. Um, but it was two sessions with the surefoot to where his owner noticed a difference, and um, I mean, and actually now he just and I we continued doing it for several weeks, 
but after two sessions, he was fine. And we use it also for him because he has some major um, podiatry issues. Mm. So he has very thin soles. Uh, when we got him, we started off with almost a negative palmar angle. Um, he had a really aggressive um, um, sort of corrective shoeing that took place that ended up put, setting him back uh, for quite a while. And the surefoot made a huge difference in his life. Um, you yeah. know, just being off differently, um, relaxing. And actually it was funny, his owner noticed we have in the wash stall, the, um, the big foam rubber pad mats. And after using the surefoot, he would, you know, go to the very edge of the mat and stand with his heels high and toes down, <laughs> like, he sort of figured it out. He's like, this I like, you know? So just very interesting um, watching how, you know, half a second on the pad can, can sort of transform a horse. Um, it, it is so amazing. And it's so, like, how short a period of time, like two sessions to take a horse from a scary corner to a non-scary corner. And it, it's really hard sometimes for people to believe that this actually happens. I mean... Um, you know, when you're first hearing about Surefoot, you, as you know, people think, you know, what is this crazy stuff? And this is just another snake oil and this can't be real. And, um, um, but it is. And, and it's, we, I really wish we could understand exactly how it does this. This is kind of like the number one question that is yet to be answered. Um, and one of the reasons why I started doing these webinars, because I was trying to come up with an answer of how is Surefoot working? And the more people I talk to, the more I realize it's working through a number of systems. It's not just a single system because the hoof is a sensory organ and there's fascia, there's uh, receptors, there's sensors, there's blood flow. There's so many different things happening in that foot that um, we, it's hard to isolate exactly. It, you can't isolate it to one thing. Um, but, you know, Carrie, what I always find so fascinating is this, like when you take the horses on the beach, you don't see that same kind of response, even though the beach is soft and the sand is soft. It's, it is unique to these magic pads. <laughs> Just, I, I, I would love to understand it more. Um, and maybe someday we'll have some research that really helps explain it. But the beauty is you don't have to have to know everything about how it's working. You just need to know that it can work. Um, and this is where I think some of the most profound things that I've seen were, um, uh, were at your place during the retreats. The one horse that I, I always talk about um, is Jen's uh, gray horse, the one that Nino, uh, no, Tonine. Um, Tonine and Jen. What's that horse's name? Yeah, uh, Coloso. Coloso, yeah. And so um, we brought him into the round pen for me to do a surefoot demonstration. And he literally only drew his toe, just rubbed his toe over the half physio pad and put his foot down and then yawned like crazy. He didn't even actually even stand on it. And now I haven't seen another horse do that, just drag their toe over it and then yawn like crazy. But, you know, fortunately I got that on film and it's, it's one of the things that I, I find so fascinating. Such little input can make such a huge difference. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we're so used to thinking that you have to do something over and over again, or you have to keep repeating, or it's, you know, you've got to, you know, it's, it can't happen in one session that Surefoot kind of breaks all those rules. Um, we, I've seen incredible changes like with your horses in as little as one session. And 
Um, and this works with two sessions to turn the scary corner into the not scary corner. Um, it's really, it's, I, I just, I guess it's why I'm still out here doing this. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say the, another thing that kind of, I had brought the pads out again uh, the other day in a lesson with Heidi and her big boy, Lucas. And um, we were going to put him on the pads at the end of the session to, because he also has a problem with the scary corner. And um, so we were going to put him on the pads and, and I had them out there. And we were working on uh, lead changes. And so I had set up some poles across the diagonal line and he was nailing it in one direction. But the other direction, you could see that he just quite couldn't, you know, he couldn't get it, but he knew, like he knew he was supposed to, you know, what he was supposed to do. And then actually he would pick up the lead, you know, when the wrong, going the wrong direction, kind of as if to show us, <laughs> he was like, this is what you want, right? But he couldn't do it in the moment. And so I thought, you know what, let's put them on the pads and see, because I just, I know that they have that and I felt it myself. Um, um, there's this awareness that happens in their body um, once they've been on the pads and sort of, um, like you said, a new um, um, awareness of and, and, and understanding of how their body's moving in space. And so we put him on the pads and he wasn't on for very long. He went on and then he got off and I said, okay, take him over. And he, he, he nailed it <laughs> first time. Wow. So it was very interesting. You know, and that, that I, I've had that same experience and it's so fascinating that when we can just drop their level of tension, right? How they they already know what we want. And so often we think that they are not understanding that they don't know what we want, but it's really the tension that prevents them from doing it. And I, I've had that exact same experience with a, several horses now. Um, but the thing that you're telling me about Lucas, that's so cool is that you're working on flying changes because his canter was really, um, problematic when I was there. Um, so that's really cool. He's come a long way. Uh, he, zero, zero, like he is a dream horse now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he is beautiful. His canter is amazing. Um, he does now like all walk to canter transitions pretty easily. Wow. Yeah. So. Yes, because when I was there, he was kicking out at the canter. She couldn't even, remember that? She couldn't even canter yeah. him. So I, I'm sure that there's been many other things that Heidi's worked with with him besides Surefoot. But, you know, and, and that's the thing, that you have to look at the whole horse. You have to address the whole horse. Surefoot's not going to solve all of your problems, but it has a lot of applications. And I think that that's what we're trying to say here is that in, in training, so often um, riders and trainers get stuck on a thought and they just kind of grind on it. If you've ever watched a riding lesson where the instructor's just yelling at the student to, you know, more, 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 and it's just dissolving into a puddle because everybody's stressed. And if we can just stop in that moment and offer a surefoot pad, what I, again, what I've seen, and just like you've seen, is that suddenly it's like, wait a second, the horse actually does understand. It's just that the anxiety is preventing him from being able to show us that. And to yell at them louder or to yell at the student more doesn't make the situation better. It just increases the tension level and causes greater problems, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So who um, else have you been working with with Surefoot? Because you told me well, there's- I do have an interesting case. So 
Uh, this guy, you know him. It's Ed. Do you remember Ed? Ed. I, I remember I like the name. Him. Tell me what he looks Chest like. Chestnuts. Um, he had kind of the shaved look going on. Um, and he was a horse that we rented. I don't know if you remember that. We rented him. And then we, I ended up buying him. <laughs> um, and he's like a, just, you know, stocky quarter horse, um, super cute chestnut. Um, but he is a head shaker. And so he, you know, we have done everything with this horse. Um, he's not he's not at the extreme level i would say he's you know out of a 10 he's probably like a four or a five and it's mostly provoked when he's in like trotting or cantering so at the walk uh he's pretty good but that's something to do with the movement and the trot and the canter he's had his vision checked he's had his teeth checked he's had acupuncture he's had um <laughs> chiropractic care um, we've ridden him with the bitless bridle. We've ridden him in a bitted bridle. We've ridden him. I rode him with a neck strap one time, <laughs> just the neck strap, just to see if it had anything to do with the, you know, the rider. Um, and so I put him on, I put him on the pads several times. The first time I put him on the pads, I noticed a big difference. I noticed that he wasn't doing the head shaking as much. The second time I put him on the pads, it went more over the top. Like he was oh, head shaking wow. every stride. Um, and now he's sort of just sort of back to normal right now. Um, we do have um, a treatment that was recommended through our veterinarian. We have a really amazing veterinarian uh, vet that's coming uh, once a month. And we're just so blessed to have him because as you know, uh, Costa Rica where we are is very rural and um, it's hard to get good vet care but he's he's an amazing doctor and he comes and he's working with this case and he's very interested in the case as well so um, we are I'm planning to do some take some clinical data and um, I want to sort of uh, check each of the things as we're applying them um, and see what makes the most improvement because I do think I want to use the surefoot and continue to use the surefoot with him um, but we're going to also start um, another treatment that involves like a hormonal treatment as well. Um, so that's interesting that you thought made it worse. Yes that's yeah I don't know if it was you know and this is the thing and this is where we have to be there's so many things that affect the head shaking um, it, it you know, it's a very bizarre thing that they do, and it's, I've put tape on the nose. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like there's, all there's all kinds of ideas out there, as long as they're, you know, yeah. not invasive. It's <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So we did that, and actually that seemed to improve it. We have a fly mask for him that has the nose piece, and he does pretty well with that. Um, he, he seems also to be affected by the light, and... Um, we thought perhaps he had some problems with his vision. We still may have an optometrist come and take a look at him um, just because we did, one of the vets noticed a little bit um, on the side where he seems the most bothered, which is his left side, that he maybe has a little bit of reduced vision in that eye. 
Out but, of curiosity, has your vet x-rayed his neck? The base of no. C6? Yeah, I'll talk to you about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah we did, he did an infiltration in his neck. Oh, and, and what is that? Uh, yeah, chiropractic treatment. So he did have and had acupuncture also in, in that area as well. But he's very, you know, he does the straight up and down head tossing, uh, nosing, snorting, um, and, and, you know, it's like, it's like as if a fly is, you know, constantly landing on his face and he's, you know, just kind of does that sort of thing straight up and down. But I, I have hope for him. He's, he's a fantastic personality, um, you know, and I want to, I want to start to take some filming, uh, Surefoot and just film, you know, uh, five minutes of riding time. And then I'm going to mark how many times he does the head tossing. Yes, um, Michelle's just uh, a message that she has a head shaker and that's why she got Surefoot pads and she's found it's helped along with other treatment. And um, I do know that Pam Eckelberger had a head has a head shaker and she uses the full physio pad and this horse will stand on it and it's diminished quite a bit. So, you know, head shaking is one of those, it's a syndrome and can have many causes. And so that's right. one of the tricky things with some of these issues is that um, that the expression of the issue is, is the same, but the causes can be different. And so, but it's really cool that you're going to experiment and study that. I'm really curious to know how things turn out with that. Um, because it's, you know, I get questions all the time. Like I've just recently, somebody asked me if Surefoot helps horses with, with string halt. And what I can say is we have seen, um, uh, I know of at least one case where Surefoot helped with string halt. Um, apparently they're saying now that string halt is a neurological problem, um, as I understand it. And so it may be that it just helps enough that the horse can, can, can manage. But some of these, some of the things that we see with horses are beyond the scope of what Surefoot can solve, but Surefoot can certainly, uh, alleviate discomfort, alleviate some symptoms, um, and, and hopefully lead you to finding solutions. I mean, that's one of the things that, um, you know, the fact that the horse got, got worse make, really makes me curious. And um, it makes me think of the webinar I did with Sharon May Davis the other day, if you haven't watched that one. Um, yeah, I highly recommend, maybe you go watch that one. Um, um, she's talking about ECVM, equine complex, uh, e equine, Anyway, it's where there's a malformation in the vertebrae at C6, C7. Okay. Um, and it can affect the, the limbs as well. Because when you describe that he's fine at the walk, but then at the trot and the canter, you start to see this. Um, that's kind of specific. Yes. So it just makes me wonder if he's okay at the base of his neck being a quarter horse. But, um, but you also use Surefoot with your kids, right? When the kids and the ponies ride? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, um, we use the pads to do our little trail. We set up the, uh, the obstacle trail also, but yes, um, you know, I think it's great. I love having the kids stand on it. It's very calming. I stand on it for myself. Um, I do. I, I'm on my feet uh, all day long. I start at seven, sometimes seven to seven. And um, when I have the surefoot pads out there, I'm on them myself for sure. Uh, it definitely helps uh, bring awareness even and just to my, you know, how I'm standing. If I go stand on a pad, it definitely, you know, makes me, makes um, 
um, me have a, a, just an idea of how I'm holding myself, my posture, um, and a, a new awareness. And then I, you know, I love to experiment with heels high and heels low and <laughs> all of the things. Um, but yes, I, I definitely like to put, use the pads on a regular basis and in the lessons and, um, yeah. And I'm curious now after that with Heidi to start using the pads, um, when we may have some, you know, it, it happens on a regular basis where we're teaching something and the horse and it's just that moment of time and relaxation. And then to, to start again, to use it as a training technique and as positive reinforcement, you know, going into the scary corners and right. And that's, um, at the um, end of the the, the positive reinforcement is really fascinating. And I've, I've seen this so many times that, um, you know, it's not, it wasn't the original tent intent with Surefoot, but it's certainly a way in which you can use the pads. Um, and I, I, I can think of a number of horses where we just started out with the, with the more traditional bringing awareness and comfort and letting the horse self-explore and, and being able to move more freely. But when you have horses that, like, I can think of two very clear examples. I had a, a Morgan that had been an Amish driving pony, um, and that had, and they drive with an overcheck, meaning that there's um, a check line going from the uh, withers from the harness up to the head to keep the head up. And often, mm. not only are they checked up, but they're checked to one side because they're driving them in, in, on roads in traffic, and you have to make sure that they're not looking into the traffic. So they'll check them up and off into one side. And this was a lovely little Morgan that uh, my friend rescued and was just her pasture horse until her main horse had an injury. And then of course, Blue became her primary horse. Um, and she brought her to me for a um, surefoot. And um, just this was a really stoic, very high-headed Morgan, very anxious about everything. And when she trotted, she trotted with a really erratic, high-stepping, um, and pounding. You could hear this horse. She was only maybe 14 hands and maybe not, maybe 800 pounds, but you could hear her pounding all the way around the arena um, because mm. she was hitting the ground so hard. And so, at, and I only used the hard pads with her because she couldn't handle too much give. And I think it's important for people to recognize that some horses need um, more stability, that if you go too soft too soon, you can actually um, it, it, they don't know how to handle it. They basically don't know how to deal with that much movement. So, um, but after she was on the pads for a little while, I set up a circle and I would have Hyla walk that circle, the owner. And every time she'd get to a pad, she'd stop and I'd go over and I'd put the foot on a pad. And so pretty soon she was walking over to the next pad and putting her head down because she was anticipating and then pretty soon she was keeping her head down as she walked the circle because she knew that the pad was coming. And then of course, at that point, I don't put her on a pad every time, right? It might be other, every other pad. So once they realize that there's something in it for them, then if you don't reward it every single time, they try harder. It's just like us. You know, if we get rewarded every time, we're like, ah, yeah, I'm going to get my reward. So I don't have to put much effort, but but that intermittent reward, once they know a reward is coming, is a really handy thing. And um, we did this several times with her in more than one lesson, but it really made a difference because without trying to make her put her head down, she was putting her head down because she was 
looking for the pad and interested in the pad. And so she'd put her head down and walk over to the next one. And we had what we wanted, neck down so her back could come up without having to impose that idea on her. Um, and I, and this is, and I'm sure you've seen this, um, Carrie, how um, it can be so helpful to elicit the kind of response we're looking for, but in a way that's not really training. You know, the horses are curious exactly. and they become interested. So they're, they're sort of motivated, I guess, is the way to think of it. Yeah, it gives them the space. Yeah. It gives them the space to explore. And like you said, a pause. It gives you a pause button. Um, and then, and I really think for us here, managing stress. Um, I know that you've met several of the horses that have had the extreme sort of abusive training. Um, and this, you know, it's not just relative to Costa Rica, but we do have several, um, well, uh, horses here that have been trained in what we call this tope style training. So um, it's this really sort of high stepping, um, to some of the horses, it's very unnatural. So they'll use sort of chains to get the horses to lift their legs really high. Um, and in order to produce this sort of, which I guess some people would call like a piaf, um, <laughs> they don't really train it. They sort of, you know, cause the horse a lot of stress. Um, they put them in like um, a chute and we'll put the chains on them and put the really harsh bit on and get them really going. And so the horses start to learn this thing and they just move their feet and pick their feet up really high. And so um, anytime they start to feel that uh, stress or that it'll start to provoke that behavior. So we've definitely used the surefoot on several of our um, um, cases that are kind of rescues and, and um, using it to manage stress for sure. I mean, Heidi's horse, as you know. <laughs> so I found the video of Heidi's horse because somebody just put in the chat that they didn't realize that you could do surefoot under saddle. And absolutely. Now, I always tell people, make sure the horse is okay with the pads before you have a rider on, right? But one of the reasons for doing surefoot with the rider on is to provide an opportunity for the horse to have a different experience with a rider and for the rider to experience the horse in a different way so that we break the habits that are environmental. So what I mean by that is um, so often, you know, if a horse has had a bad fitting saddle or um, an arena where they were, um, you know, it was rather harsh on them, then they go into those environments anticipating that, and so the anxiety is already up. And you can use surefoot in any environment, but particularly once they know the pads in an environment where their stress levels might rise to drop them back down again. So because it's portable, it's so easy to take your pads with you. I mean, we have people that take them to the horse shows and, you know, to the trailhead and where, what'd you say? Oh, you can take them to the horse shows. I yeah. mean, this is the, there's no doping. <laughs> exactly. You know, the best thing, take them to the horse shows. Um, oh, I mean, we need, to, we actually need to do that. You just triggered that in my brain. I need to take the surefoot pads we have with Heidi's horse, Frisco. He has a couple of places where he gets really triggered on the trail and we, ab we absolutely need to do that. Yep. So I'm going to show a video of Frisco um, and oh, you'll, rec you'll recall this. This is one of my, this is one of my, I show this all the time because it's such a, a great piece of film. 
And um, how do I get rid of the, hang on a second. I gotta figure out how to get rid of the, uh, why do I have that at the bottom? I don't usually have that because we've cut off the top as a result. Hang on, let me see if I can sort this out. Uh, uh, uh. Jungle, the jungle. I gotta stop share for a second and see if I can get this to work right. I don't know why it's got that at the bottom. Go back, come on. Uh, 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 now it's frozen. Mm -mm. Okay, keep talking while I fix my my uh, my photos, which are totally yeah, stuck. So. <laughs> like you my know, whole screen's stuck right now. I can't get anywhere. <laughs> keep talking. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I got to quit photos and see if I can get out of this screen because I can't see you anymore. Oh, no, I can see you. Oh, good. So like I said, keep talking. <laughs> While I try to fix this problem, my screen did something really weird. Um, this is such a great piece of film, but I can't even get back to, I'm trying to get back to Zoom and I can't. So I can't even see you, Carrie. <laughs> oh no. Where yeah. are you, Wendy? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm here, NEM, I'm here, I'm here. It's like, but why is my, um, are you seeing my screen or are you seeing me? But it's no, I see you. I see you in hard there. Way less. Hang on. Swing, although it's starting to increase. What are you seeing? I see you. Oh, I good. I see you and your. And so, so my screen it. share. You see me leaning into my computer trying to fix this. My screen share uh, is suddenly not working, and I I'm stuck. I can't get out of screen share, so I can't see you. So we're just going to keep talking, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know how I'll solve it at the end because at some point I have to is get out of um, any chance you can unshare my screen if you go to zoom where it says share screen and can you unshare my screen for me because I can't get out of it but anyway never mind we'll just keep talking and then somehow i'll solve this at the end um so but i wanted to show you a video of, of frisco on the pads because he swayed so much and he had a rider on his back and um what i tell riders to do it's it's not an easy job when you have a uh when you're sitting on a horse and someone puts a pad underneath their foot the role of the rider is to sit as quietly as possible because if you even move your hands or go to pet your horse, you change your balance and so then that can disturb the horse. So you sit as quietly as possible and the horses will sway, they'll sigh, they'll drop their necks. They might step off, which is totally fine and you just let them go for a walk. But the really, really cool thing about doing this mounted is that the rider's perception of the horse changes. Once you feel mm -hmm. that horse in a moving in a different way, you can't keep the belief system that my horse, oh, he always, or he's just doing that to me, or he's, you know, it's, you start to realize that they're, that they're dealing with balance and that how that foot meets the ground is gonna determine the quality of the balance the horse has under the weight of a rider. Um, and Carrie, you've been on horses when we've done Surefoot. So why don't you tell people what you've felt? Yeah, exactly. We, uh, let's see, I, I definitely was on Lincoln one time. Oh, yeah. Um, big warm blood. Um, and we put him on Surefoot. And I think we had, I had to, at some point, we had to take him off because he was loving it. 
Um, but yes, it almost can be a little bit like walking through the waves at the beach where you feel this undulation that's happening and it can almost make you a little seasick when you're up there. Um, you feel the rib cage sway, um, everything relaxes, all the muscles relax. And yeah, you just want to sit very quietly and sort of let it roll through you, right? And then um, the first few steps off, off of the surefoot pads just feel so different. Um, there's a new sort of, I guess, relationship, like you said, to the, to the ground, um, to, to the space, to the arena, and the movement feels different. And, and going forward from there, you know, and continuing, you know, doing what we've been doing, if, you know, we're doing trot circles or doing something, walking or just walking, it, the, there is a new understanding and, and um, the horses have this, it almost feels deliberate in a sense. It the does. One time that I, yeah. It feels like there's some, something there that's deliberate in the movement. Um, so it's very interesting. It's very interesting to experience. And like you said, you, it's undeniable. <laughs> yep. I think um, deliberate is a great way to describe it because you literally feel them like thinking about where they're putting each foot. Yeah. Okay. I've got, yeah, I've got some sticks now. If I can just find this video, I'll show you this video because I've gotten my screen to un, undo what it was doing. I just have to figure out, okay, there's Costa Rica. That's all right. Keep going. And I will find this video. Do you um, remember Artemis? I remember the name. The Appaloosa. The oh, leopard yeah. Appaloosa. Yes. I remember that. I mean, it was incredible with her watching you with her um and i think that that experience for our retreat guests was very powerful to see because she gave us some some very interesting behaviors <laughs> well she was not happy let's no, put it that way she was very stressed um and and so they got to see her for the first time with the pads and how quickly, I mean, it was immediate, right? Her behavior yep. change, her uh, relaxation, her, her interest uh, in you also, um, and her comfort level with you, you know, being with her and wanting to follow you around and um, showing you all of her buttons. Yeah. Um, and it's so important that you're not forcing the horses to stand on the pads. And that's, that's what they recognize. And, you know, the, the webinars that I've had this week with Andrea Wadey and with Shelly Whitehouse, it was, it's so interesting because it's this idea of providing space and giving them a choice and not just saying that they have to do this. And, you know, that's so, we, we tend to not even realize how much we're demanding of our horses and not giving them an opportunity to say, no, I, you know, like with Surefoot, no, I don't, I don't want to stand on the pads. And it's totally fine um, because it, we want them to be engaged in the process and not feel like it's another thing that's forced upon them. And they so quickly recognize that it's, that they have a choice. Um, and I think that's one of the magic parts about it. Yeah. Do you recommend like for the first time on the Surefoot pads, um, an amount of time that I, I have noticed um, 
and that's hard to overcome too, is that you want them to have this experience. You want them to get on the pads. Um, but that one horse that's off the track thoroughbred that we had on the pads the first time he was, I mean, I just, I put them, put them maybe on the pads, or I think I got maybe two feet, the front feet on the pads and he really wanted nothing. I mean, he was on them for five seconds and then was off, but that, I mean, it really was enough. It was enough. And, you know, I was trying to overcome this, like, you know, I wanted to show the owner. <laughs> it's it's like, tough, oh, isn't it? You get, you feel the pressure of wanting to perform and to, you know, yes. really show what the, yes. but that short duration, it's so important to, to, to say it's okay that it's just a short period of time. And it, yes. and it is hard because there is a pressure that people want to see, well, you know, like my horse didn't stand on it. Well, that's okay. Because if he walked off of it, he wasn't in balance anyway. Right. And I think that that's really important to realize is that it's not about how long your stand, horse stands on the pads. It's about what happens. And it's and what happens may not be that he stands on the pad. You know, like I've had horses literally that never stood on the pad because they couldn't. Um, but then we got an insight into what was going on with that horse. And it was very different because we then said, well, what can you do? You know, and what is the story going on here? So you can use Surefoot as a way to um, really help you get to understand your horse and how uh, the process of interacting with that horse. So this this one who turned out he was born very foot sensitive um, and had dropped his owner a couple of times because he touched something with his feet and freaked out. And when I went to work with him, I spent three days and he never stood on a pad. But what she saw that I did was I always put myself in the position of protection. In other words, I didn't force him to look at the pad. I always put me between him and the pad. I'd stood on the pad. I touched it with my nose. I would offer and take it away so that he learned, oops, sorry, that's my um, watering my trees. He learned to trust me so that it, it, it became something else. It was recognizing that I had to earn the horse's trust before I could ever ask him to stand on something that to him was very, very difficult. Um, and so, you know, sometimes the lesson isn't that my horse stands on the pad and sways like crazy. Um, it's that, wow, this horse really has difficulties or um, needs another approach. And so I think it's important to keep an open mind about, you know, what's occurring in front of us as opposed to what we think should happen. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and not it's easy hard. sometimes. Yeah, it's not easy. Do you have a time limit that you put on? <laughs> um, so in the beginning, I want to keep the duration really short. Oh, I, okay. Let's see if I can do this video now. We will try okay. this. We'll see if I can get my screen share to work because I've got it. I'm going to see if I can make this big. Now, I don't know why I have the pictures below, but it's okay. You, you can't see Jen's head. Um, this is Heidi's horse, Frisco, and he's been on Surefoot pads many, many times. Um, and what's so unique about him is just how much he sways and not steps off. And he's totally relaxed and it's very intentional. And you can see Jen trying to sit as absolutely quietly as possible to just be a weight on his back. Now, when you have a horse sway a lot, you wanna decrease your duration because you're working the tiny postural muscles. In this case, you're working much more than tiny postural muscles. Um, but if, if your horse is new to Surefoot, you wanna keep the session short. It may, in some cases, the entire session was five minutes. 
um, with maybe standing on the pads, you know, a few, you know, 10 seconds at a time. Um, once, a, once you kind of know how the horse is going to respond, and we knew this horse, we could allow him to stand on the pads for longer, but you really have to recognize that and this is the same horse from behind. And as you can see, Heidi's pregnant in this video, which is why she is not on her horse. <laughs> you can see this one with Heidi on the left-hand side. Carrie? Yeah, I saw it, yeah. Okay. So this is just watching this horse from behind. And when you think about just how much movement there is here, that's when, if you see a lot of sway, you're gonna decrease duration. Now, if you notice the horse to the left, He's standing on a pair of hard pads and he's standing in a rather braced position, but he's not doing any swaying whatsoever. So we could let him stay there a little longer because he's not swaying um, versus, um, you know, if the horse needs to walk off, you let them walk off because the reason they walk off is one of six things. Flies, fright, food, friends, follow. And in this case, you saw him walk off because he was done, finished. So flies, fright, food, friends, follow, finished. And you'll notice that what he did was he went straight back to the pads. He was like, that was awesome. Can we do it again? And, and, and there's our neck coming down. And this is a, one of the Criollos, super hot horse, um, not an easy ride. And he looks so chill here. And this is really not his typical manner of going, is it, Carrie? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he toggles, right? He goes from, he's learned that long rain and nose to the ground is like very relaxing. And then it's, it's really a struggle in the, the trot, um, which is where they train that behavior. You know, it's the, where they train that sort of uh, pee off kind of thing. And so he toggles between those. He can go pretty quickly to that, um, relax, but yes, he's not, a, he's not an easy ride. No. <laughs> not always the best ride. Um, but yeah, we have several of these horses that um, have made, you know, the surefoot pads is my go-to, 100%. Um, and, you know, I've kind of learned over time that it, it is difficult to, to um, spend a lot of time and, and work through some of these behaviors and sometimes they never go away. Um, uh, and so we have, we have learned that it's sometimes easier to you know, get horses that haven't had any of this um, really abusive training. But it, um, you bring up a really great point that, you know, we literally have had some horses where, you know, the minute their foot touched the pad, they totally change and they stay. And then there are other yes. horses where I've had horses that for years, they're still using surefoot pads, still seeing improvement, but the yeah. damage that was done early on was done so early on that that's really ingrained in that horse. And so it's, it takes a, a lot longer time and it, it's never completely gone, but the horse has a lot of other choices. So the, the reactive patterns come out fewer and fewer uh, less and less frequently because they have other choices. Um, and the horse I'm thinking about most specifically is a Pasafino named Snip, who um, had probably had wound up with broken ribs as a baby in the field. They didn't realize it. And then he went to a bad trainer and that put a lot of pressure on him. And so, you know, he's been a long-term project. Um, and some of the horses there are, you know, they can really 
show us a big change, but if they're put back in an environment that triggers them, they react and go back to their old pattern. And you can also take them out of that position and they can come back again. So, right. you know, then you have to learn to manage what environments you're going to put them in because there are certain environments that are just such a trigger. There's, it's not fair to them to put them in that situation. So you might have to change their job yeah. or something like that. Um, and then there's the voices that you can then use the surefoot pads in the triggering environment and switch them and show them that there's another choice. So these are all possibilities and ways in which you, like it's endless when you think about the, the environments and the different, it's, we, it's really hard to talk about all the ways you can use surefoot because it's, it's so portable, it can combine it with other techniques. Um, it's, it's easy to use and it's worth a shot. I mean, we've even had horses stop colicking using surefoot, you know, call your vet, um, pull out your pads, start putting them under their feet because you're going to get uh, a neurochemical release, which may help the stress and therefore bring the horse out of colic. Um, I'm going to show you. Yeah, Go ahead. No, I was just going to remind you about um, Artemis, who, you know, was a really interesting case too, where she went from being really high to, you know, a complete complete behavioral change and then remember the moment that the rope came out oh yeah that you know she just it was that trigger for her so um right. but i will say she has also um got improved quite a bit over oh that's over these great and it is it's breaking down those those triggers and and separating them kind of teasing them apart so that you can address different aspects um and then gradually work back to combining it into something that she recognizes as a trigger but now she has other choices so this is um this isn't fresco this is coloso um and this is when i said you know the the horse that never actually I'll, I'll play that again because i just made it big um he just drug his toe over the pad and then yawned like crazy and they had owned this horse he was tope trained and they had owned him for two years and never seen him yawn and it's so interesting how he acknowledges the pad right he just puts his head down and, and realizes that that's what caused that, right, that response. Um, and as you can see here, he's got the really dreamy eye, the closed eye, um, and he's just standing next to the pad at this point. So the effects of being on surefoot pads can last, they, they don't have to be on the pad to have the effect. Um, they can be near the pads once they recognize the, them and have influence. Um, and this is true where we have somebody that's looking at heart rate variation um, with and using surefoot pads and one of the things that she told me was she went out to, to measure her pony um, do his heart rate and stuff and she said wow it was already low and I was like well did he see the pads when you came out and she was like well yeah so <laughs> they know them they do they see them from a mile away yeah and they know it's incredible and that's one thing that I will say it's I've gotten um, much better at over time is the way that I offer the pads. Um, Cause as you said, they, they know which ones they want to be on and you start to look and see the weight shift as to which foot they would like you to put on first. And, you know, even the way you um, lift the foot to put it on can make a difference for that horse too. So yep. I, I started to pay attention. Yeah, because you can feel the tension in the leg or the lack thereof, whether it's heavy, light, free. But what's so interesting in this video, you think, oh, he's just looking for food. And then he just comes right over and rubs that pad and then positions himself for the other foot, right? 
So once they know that you're going to listen and you're going to offer them sure foot, you really have to start paying attention because they will literally show you which foot, which pad, how long. I mean, it's really it's so much fun and it's a great opportunity for us to realize they are paying attention. Now, it's, it's usually us that's not paying. We're thinking about dinner that night or what just happened at work or, you know, I got to pick up the kids. <laughs> And, um, and they're right there. They're right there paying attention the whole time. And we really need to become better observers. Yeah. So true. So true. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Carrie. It's so great to see you. I have to say that this is really great to be able to, to um, visit with you because uh, we won't be back this winter. Um, but, you know, keep the faith and everything will get better here in um, and I think we can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. So I don't know. I, get, I, I have to decide whether I'll be able to keep doing the webinars once I start traveling again. I might have to cut them back to once a week or something. But um, we've, got, we've got more planned. Well, we could do them here. We could do them there. Absolutely. And um, I have some webinars planned for next week. And then after the, I think it's after the 18th. Let me just look at my calendar here. Um, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, so we have webinars through the 18th and then we're gonna take a break uh, for the Christmas holiday and we'll pick it back up in January. Um, so just be sure to subscribe to the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. You'll get a, a notification every time we put up another webinar and um, have a fantastic weekend. I'm sure you will down there in Costa Rica and it's gonna be a beautiful weekend here in Virginia. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, did you freeze? Um, thank you so much. All right. So thank you all for joining me and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Carrie. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Wendy. So much bye. fun visiting with you. Say hi to everybody bye. for me. <laughs> bye. Oh, I will. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ciao, Wendy.